This is your Planet News Briefing. I'm John Chu. And I'm Ralph Torgen. Our main story coming up is about sustainable cooking. We talk about what this means, and since many of us are home these days, how we can all do our part to cook and eat more sustainably to help the environment and the climate. All right, but first, your Planet News headlines for this week. Right, so in politics news this week, German publisher Spiegel International, their headline is Politicians Call for Fewer Climate Protections During Coronavirus Crisis. The interesting part here, though, is that companies have understood that managing, you know, they're managing to turn their CO2 reduction into a competitive advantage is better for them. Interesting. So in business news this week, the BBC reports that coronavirus don't bail out the airlines, says the climate campaigners. Uh, Basically, the industry is asking for immediate reduction of all charges and taxes, deferral of any planned increases in charges and taxes for six to 12 months, and the creation of funds to help airlines restart or maintain routes. Campaigners are obviously against this. Quick one on that one. If you want more uh, interesting insights to that, check out Mark Cuban on Twitter. He, uh, he's been doing some good rants on that. Anyways, in uh, <laughs> tech news this week, Business Cloud reports vertical farming firm secures 1.1 million pounds in funding. Funding. This is a vertical farming company in England called uh, Vertical Future. Science news this week, the hustle reports cloudy with a chance of confusion. Coronavirus is messing with the forecast. So basically, some parts of the business world care about the forecast quite a bit, like commodities markets, like food and gas that rely on accurate predictions to anticipate demand. Uh, The corona crisis means that the forecast is hazier. Why? Because it's all about airplanes, the ones that aren't flying. Uh, Basically, when meteorologists uh, use forecast models powered by hundreds of thousands of data points collected from commercial flights. So since the commercial flights aren't Mm. as often these days, the data is beginning to disappear. So forecasts are not as good. Crazy. All right, coming up, our main story, sustainable cooking. All right, so hashtag stay at home. This is a way of living these days, perhaps a new normal, right? Um, Mm. As a result, you know, uh, many of us, myself included, are cooking like a boss these days. Um, Ah, have you made that uh, (laughs) vegan uh, orange chicken yet? I don't get my hands on that. I I have. I I made that a long time ago. Well, we got to have a... Got to have a gat, uh, gathering with uh, yourself and some of our colleagues. Um, to, to we had always talked about having a gathering to uh, launch this podcast, and now we're more than six months <laughs> in, and we've never done that. <laughs> and during that gathering, I always talked about how I was going to cook uh, like a buffet of vegan foods, including including orange chicken. And I'm getting really good at it. So nice. one day when that happens, um, you, you just just be prepared to be woed away. Perfect. <laughs> um, but anyways, we're, we're discussing, you know, how sustainable is our cooking? Uh, since we're doing a lot more of it these days, uh, it is worth practicing good habits uh, that can be conducive to the environment and climate, right? Um, and we are going to feature a conversation. Um, well, well, we're going to feature our conversation based on a fantastic interview done by David Tamarkin from Epicurious uh, way back in January. Uh, and he interviews Richard, Richard Waite from the World Resources Institute. Actually, mm-hmm. a listener recommended this piece at around that time, and this has always been on our list of topics to dedicate an episode to. And now with COVID-19 and self-quarantining, 
we thought it is a perfect opportunity to talk through, as presumably many of us are cooking a lot more these days. Definitely, definitely seeing a lot of uh, cooking things on uh, Instagram. <laughs> um, so, Ralph, what exactly is sustainable eating? C- cooking yeah. and eating. Good question. So we've heard all about vegan diets. Uh, and this is particularly popular in London, uh, popping up in a lot of cities as well. Um, and it's, you know, it's about having the small, smallest carbon footprint amongst the diets. Uh, however, it simply isn't easy to be a vegan. Uh, you know, globally, meat consumption has only increased. So uh, Richard Waite, his uh, background is an associate in the food program of the World Resources Institute. He studies the impact that agriculture has on the planet. And he describes sustainable eating as cooking that is heavy on vegetables, heavy on grains, very low on animal protein, and low-ish on dairy. In general, animal-based foods tend to be more resource-intensive than plant-based foods in terms of land use, in terms of water use, in terms of greenhouse gas emissions. And that's what characterizes sustainable from unsustainable eating. Crystal clear to me, but, um, you know, I'm big on food waste and sustainable eating mm. is, you know, is also about minimizing food waste, isn't it? This is where Richard goes into talking about why minimizing food is so important because a third of all food grown in the world is lost or wasted between the farm and the fork. So things nice. like imperfect fruits, you know, odd sized cucumbers or, or grapes or whatever that, that supermarkets reject because they don't sell and so forth. And also long transport distances, you know, like you can get avocados here year round and that's mm. not a local fruit. Um, oh yeah. Only a percentage of that is going to make it as well. Right. From, yeah. from the farm yeah. to the shelf. So basically he's saying, uh, and I've read this before as well, if food loss and waste for a country, it would be the third largest greenhouse gas emitter after China and the U.S. Damn, I, I, that surprised me for sure. That's a huge fact. That's insane. And don't forget and it's about- It's just me. food waste, which oh, is insane. Yeah. And yeah, that's, um, there's, there's a lot that categorizes what food waste is. Just the concept of food waste is just so- uh, sad to, to, to kind of say, right? Because you should never waste food. There's mm-hmm. loads of hunger around the world and people don't have any food. And, and here it is, we're, we're wasting good food. Um, yeah, and it's causing it, yeah. Third of, yeah. of greenhouse gases. Oh my God. The, the, the number, not the third, but the third uh, largest country in greenhouse gases. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and there's also uh, methane uh, or methane for mm-hmm. those of us with the American English accent. <laughs> So food waste is when food goes uh, from our kitchen to a landfill, and that, of course, emits methane. So while carbon dioxide is typically painted as the bad boy of greenhouse gases, methane is actually three times, roughly three times more potent. As 30 a, times. Uh, sorry, 30 times. You're right. <laughs> 30 times more potent as a heat-trapping gas. Um, so when yeah. the food is wasted and it sits in the landfill, it just rots away, that exerts a lot of methane. What does that wasted food represent, right? So this is actually on land that was used to grow the food. So therefore, wasted food is basically wasted land. Mm. Uh, and in some of those cases, the land was, you know, freed up via deforestation. Um, you know, obviously, then there's also a huge impact in terms of how much water has been used on this. Um, and if you want more, we, we actually did go do a, a, a episode on water crisis uh, in relation to the environment. Uh, check out that episode called Water is Life. I've been thinking about uh, water use since we researched and did that podcast episode. And 
everyone who's washing their hands, singing happy birthday and so forth, and people joking、mm. about singing happy birthday twice. I would like to see some research to see how long you actually need to wash your hands for,、uh, in the spirit of saving water and not, you know, <laughs> going overboard. <laughs> that's a that's an interesting one.、Uh, I would be very adamantly on the opposite side of that argument, John. Just in the sense that、uh, I think it's way more important to for people to to actually wash their hands. I think I I do want to see the numbers, though. I agree because the <laughs> it would be interesting to see, you know, what are the numbers、uh, compared to agriculture? Agriculture is just going to be so much higher. Oh yeah, yeah, good point. But look, most greenhouse gases associated with food actually happens before the food even leaves the farm. So、mm. that means the emissions involved in growing the food. So, and by the way, fun fact—well, not actually so much fun, but rather interesting fact, I guess. Things like transportation or even the waste in the landfill are actually less than the emissions that were actually involved in growing the food. <laughs> And more on you know the process of growing food.、Uh, Richard Wait basically is saying here: first, you've got the chemical fertilizer, which the、mm-hmm. manufacturing of of that causes emissions. Big、uh, one, yeah. It, fertilizer is a yeah. big one, isn't it? It's so bad. It's so dangerous. We should do an episode on that the, one day. Yeah, the chemical fertilizer. I mean, like obviously, I think there there's ways that people are exploring more better、um, kind of bio、uh, engineered ways.、So、I'm interested in that. But anyway, yeah. And when when you've got farmers who use the fertilizer, there's Inevitably, excess fertilizer as well. Some of which will turn into nitrous oxide, which is also a potent greenhouse gas. Then you have the energy used on farms, like running the tractors and animal agriculture. You have the cow burps.、Uh, it's actually the <laughs> the burps, not the farts, that cause the ah interesting. So the opposite end.、Uh, <laughs> even the manure that's left on the pastures from these cows,、uh, cattle, and that gives off greenhouse gas emissions as well. So. And then you、uh, obviously, as you mentioned, deforestation each year to clear out more land and have more farmland every year, and that releases CO two into the atmosphere. And obviously, if you cut down trees, it has the opposite effect because trees would normally absorb the、mm-hmm. CO two. Food waste on top of that is just a sad, sad thing to think about, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So where are we at now? If globally we're throwing away about a third of the food that's grown. And growing that food and clearing the land to grow that food accounts for something like twenty four, twenty five percent of all greenhouse gases. Aren't we essentially throwing away eight percent of global greenhouse gas emissions? <laughs> Some serious math there. <laughs>、um, so we wouldn't have to clear more forests. We wouldn't have to use more fertilizer, and we wouldn't have more cows burping methane if we were eating the food that we already grew. See, I follow you there. Follow you there. <laughs> so, all right. So, what can we do? What can we buy and cook and eat to help? Let's think about this.、Um, we should all think about food in terms of three categories: ruminant meats, which is basically、mm. your beef, lamb, lamb, and goats, and that is on the far end of sustainable foods, i.e., the most unsustainable,、mm-hmm. uh, because you have to, you have to raise these animals and then you have to. Uh, butcher them and and package them and all that. It sounds so brutal, doesn't so, it? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> But yeah, I guess you would call ruminants would just be called like a red a red meat, wouldn't it? Yeah, and and the and then you've got the other end of the spectrum, which is plant based foods, which is the most sustainable. So, ruminants、uh, globally, it takes about twenty times the amount of land and emits twenty times the amount of greenhouse gases to produce a calorie of meat. As it does to produce a calorie of, say, beans. So, if you think about beans,、mm-hmm. land use, and greenhouse gases, they are twenty times more efficient of a protein source than beef. So, 
basically beans, what the, beans the magical fruit <laughs> wait beans is a fruit i don't know that's the song <laughs> <laughs> so basically what can we do we can go down the spectrum from remnants towards plant-based i mean you don't have to go completely rogue and go plant-based um, for every meal for the rest of your life but you should know that the spectrum uh, where one end is a lot more uh, you know negatively impactful to the environment than the other so just work towards the other end it's, it's simple <laughs> it's simple huh? it starts <laughs> says the vegan <laughs> yeah um, what about fish and seafood though this is an interesting one because i know a lot of people who try to avoid uh, red meats will probably start doing a lot of, of fish or you hear a lot of people say like pescatarian right so like vegetarian but but having fish as well mm-hmm. um but so here's some interesting things about fish i mean basically farm fish um, if you actually average it all up together, it's about as climate friendly as poultry. So um, am I going to have chicken or am I going to have tilapia? So resource wise, they probably use a similar amount of lamb, same, you know, and same with emissions as well. Mm, wow. And then you have uh, bivalves. What are bivalves, John? <laughs> bivalves. So it's, it's actually an animal. A type of animal belonging to the class bivalvia. Uh, so it's it's a name. Um, its name is a reference to the two shells called valves that protect its soft inner parts. So basically, your clams, mussels, oysters, mm-hmm. and scallops. Mm-hmm. And these are happen. They happen to be the most sustainable animal protein out there because they don't so use. This is these are more sustainable than fish. Yeah, yeah, and it's, and 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 I'm and I'm kind of kind of blown away actually that fish is about the same sustainability as chicken. So this because is you hear a lot of people though. saying, but this is that's that's for farm fish. Mm, I got you. If it's natural fish, or is it called natural? Is that the opposite of farm fish? <laughs> but if uh, it's wild, wild, wild fish. Yeah, if it's wild fish, I, you know, if you're going out and you're fishing your own fish, then I think it's a different story. Well, uh, yeah, especially yeah, same same if you're. Uh, Anyways, we won't go down that road. But like, <laughs> what if you what if you buy wild salmon in the store? Essentially, I don't know. That's a good question. It's got to be it's got to be better for the environment than chicken is. So you want to avoid if you're getting fish, avoid farm fish. That's Indeed, I'm trying to get wild. Exactly. Go okay. fishing. <laughs> go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So so Tom and Richard. Tom is you know. We, we are talking about uh, an interview that these folks conducted with each other back in January. So they concluded the interview with, you know, then it gets kind of complicated. Uh, there are different types of seafood. Uh, is it farm? Is it wild? That's just like mm. we discussed. Or is it, is it car? Is it farm? It, all these things have a bearing on how sustainable and climate friendly it is. Right. Um, so interesting. Oh, right. So, yeah, this is, this is a call out that they made to check out the Monterey Bay Seafood Watch. And I have seen um, some really good infographics that they put out. Um, so Monterey Bay is, is down, you know, in in, in Northern California. Um, I've been there before. Really amazing uh, the aquarium there and everything. And the aquarium it puts out a lot of information about, yeah, what are sustainable fish fish uh, breed? I guess you call breeds it? What, what do you call fish breed? <laughs> yeah, fish, uh, specimens. Uh, but yeah, they have a ton of really good information about that. Um, so definitely check that out because like you said, it's, it's complicated. Um, I don't think it's interesting that if you assume that the fish you're eating is always going to be better than chicken, I think that's a false thing to assume. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a good takeaway. Um, it gets, it's more complicated than that. And you have to look into the different types of fish, 
um, and how they're, they are harvested as well. That's a really, really good point. Let's get into some traffic lights. You go first. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, red for me um, is food waste in the supply chain. Uh, it's, just, it's just such a crazy uh, inefficiency in a supply chain uh, that allows for a ton of food waste. And, and I, do, I do realize that I know I see, I see how it's possible just through a lot of things like imperfect foods and stuff like this. Um, but it's just so silly that that's become a uh, just something within our culture. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've talked about like Odd Box a lot uh, on this podcast, but they're they're a company out of England here uh, who who will deliver to your to your company or or your house or something uh, vegetables, I think, and fruits possibly, but um, a lot of vegetables that are are un unattractive, right? So it might be a potato with different lumps or carrots with you know two stems something that would basically just be thrown away. Uh, but instead they get them, they get them for on the cheap because people don't buy them or they would have been wasted um, and they can resell them. So definitely interesting. I guess I turned that red into, into a, into a yellow or green here. Uh, yellow for me. Um, it's interesting around the concept of me, you know, having your stake is, is like a concept of, of kind of wealth. Um, and it's interesting to think about developing nations and, and how they're going to perceive perceive wealth and as they as they gain wealth and are they going to be looking for that stake uh you know as a sign of 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 success or are they going to be looking for you know lululemons and, and a kale green drink right it's like <laughs> that might be the new uh perceived perceived wealth um actually side note i did i did see this crazy article about uh it was like fashion week or something and it was like they asked people at uh, you know, high-end boutique fashion stores. These are people that are working there. You know, if somebody came in with a bunch of designer on uh, and stuff to the store and somebody else came in with just, you know, athletic clothing to the store, who would be perceived as being more wealthy? And they said the people with athletic clothing on are perceived oh, really? as being more wealthy. <laughs> yeah, because they, they have, it's, it's a sign of showing that, you know, they have more time on their hands. They have more resources <laughs> to just, just like walk around in, in sweatpants all day, I guess. <laughs> that was that, what that means. <laughs> but anyways, uh, that is an interesting trend and it might lead to people, you know, seeking out more sustainable foods uh, as, a, as, a, as a trend. I mean, we're always, we're already seeing that anyways in terms of the vegan trend. Yeah. Okay, that was a long tangent. Green for me is um, just that, you know, this is, like I said, in terms of trends, this is, you know, food and veganism and has been the fastest trend I've seen catch on for sustainability. It's so interesting. Um, and I think, you know, there's obviously a lot of factors in here. One of them being that, you know, if you're eating a, if you go to eat something vegan, you, you kind of look cool because you're also helping the climate, but then you also know that it's, it's good for you uh, and healthy. So there's just so many awesome benefits wrapped into this, this movement. Um, and it doesn't have to be vegan and just, just sustainable in general. Um, so I think that's really positive. Uh, I, I'm really interested, actually, in terms of seeing if kind of sustainable seafood catches on further. Uh, and so be, that'll be interesting one to watch. I would I would be I would be a bullish on sustainable seafood in the future. <laughs> oh, really good. Well done. Well, so cool. What do you have? My red. I I really enjoy listening and uh, reading to this interview between Tom and Richard. Um, so they they went on to talk about how you can't pick and choose what which climate crisis fighting action you want to take. So 
you know, buying more sustainably and not eating sustainably or buying an electric car, but still flying without offsetting. Um, we're all running out of time. So we must reimagine every aspect of our lives with the climate in mind. So all of our action impact the environment, right? And it could can make a difference with what we put more sense into. So in, including buying, cooking, and eating more sustainably. So uh, my read is, you know, you, you have to do all of it. You, you can't just, you know, Eat, eat better but you know not recycle or i guess that's not a good one but you, you can't eat better and and still you know fly everywhere uh, and not all set for example right so and this is actually a good time to to mention again our uh our tool right? our, our community tool called you know yes um if you go to yesyourimpact.com you can offset and compete with your um your your, your peers duke it out see who who's more sustainable in their lifestyles <laughs> so my yellow is that it's easier these days to adopt more of a plant-based uh, more of a plant-based diet so not go full on uh, though of course that would be the most ideal uh, so i.e focus on the vegetables as the main of your dish instead of, uh, of the meat so the meat can be considered as the side so yeah, I've always thought this is a really good advice because growing up, it's always you think of as of meat as the uh, as the main attraction. Yeah, but, uh, it could it could just be a side attraction, which is really interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. No, my my my, my wife was actually the one that mentioned that, um, and mm. and we go way back nice. now to the Thanksgiving episode last year when when I first mentioned this, and she was like, "Hey, you didn't give me credit, so <laughs> carry on, baby. You're getting credit <laughs> for this one." <laughs> nice, nice one, cat. Seven months later. <laughs> Um, just waiting for the opportunity to say it again. So basically, vegan options are popping up everywhere. They're more delicious now, too. I, you know, look, I've been a vegan for, for nearly three years, for more than three years now. And each year, it gets easier and more delicious. You and I both listen to Kara Swisher's podcast, which is probably the most famous, the most well-known and listened to podcast in podcast land. They have Country Rock, which is an American butter company that advertises now on their show. So they're paying big-time dollars to advertise their vegan and avocado butter uh, line. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So you're talking about like a Southern American company making butter and, and you know, vegan butter. Here it is. <laughs> nice. Um, so last day, my green. So we're all stuck inside. Let us all use this extraordinary and historic time, really, to reset some of the areas of our lives and society. Um, so mm -hmm. meaning let's start, you know, being more environmentally and climate conscious by eating more sustainably. Eating is something that we will need to do for the rest of our lives. So why not start being more mindful right now, mindful of the environment whilst doing it? That's hopefully some motivation going into the long weekend here, this Easter weekend, as of this recording. Definitely. Yeah, and I think I would just I would just add to that. Um, obviously, people are looking to get essentials at the moment and stuff in terms of groceries. Uh, but, you know, explore some of the other delivery options out there. Um, there are some really interesting delivery options where you can get a, a vegan uh, box, right? So they'll, they'll send you a week of, of grocery supplies uh, and it would all be vegan. Yeah. Uh, and it, it just make, it's, it's, it's made, it's made very simple for everybody. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, you'll get vegetables, you'll get uh, different breads and things and um, yeah, just check them out. There's some cool options out there. Really good. Shout out to all plants. We're not sponsored, but we should be all plants. If you're listening, we want to be <laughs> sponsored. <laughs> nice. All right. So, and that is this week's Your Planet News briefing. I'm Ralph Fortune. I'm John Chu. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.